And I want to invite Sue to the show right now. Sue, you're dealing with, uh, you're, you've been divorced? Uh, yes, actually twice. I was married 17 years each to each of my marriages. And um, my first marriage was, um, he was an ex-Vietnam vet and drank a lot. And we had three children together. I basically left because of that. And I did remarry to someone who had three children of his own. So I raised six children, and um, I'm planning for a future with our retirement. And he decided he would wanted to be with his boss, and we all worked at the same Oh, so you must feel very betrayed. Yes. He, I, had, I dealt with a physical abuser and then went to a mental abuser, and... Didn't realize what mental abuse was. And with you. give me one sample of mental abuse that your second husband uh, gave you. I didn't realize that it wasn't. It was mental abuse. Was not talking to you, um, yelling at you. Couldn't couldn't talk to you without raising their voice, and um, didn't really downgrade. You just didn't talk to you. Okay, so you know. he treated you as invisible. This is a key word, Sue, that the essence of any genuine romantic re- relationship is feeling important, feeling valued, feeling cherished, feeling wanted, feeling adored by your partner. Now, that's not going to happen 24-7 in any relationship. You know, you're going to have spats. But you need methods to resolve those spats in a loving manner rather than the silent treatment or the wall of anger because that is very dismissive of you, of, of you, your whole psychology. It's saying, you are not worth my time. I don't need to talk with you. And you can't reach me because if you do, I'm going to give you a tsunami of anger. Yes. Well, I, I did go through therapy for it and... I'm going to bring this through you. Through you, you're going to come through this very quickly. I came through it quickly, but you still have the residue. And I'm not saying I'm I'm, um, up, I'm carrying that anger, but it is hard. I guess I'm still hurt, and I'm kind of like standoffish of not wanting to get involved with another relationship with so many men out there, and I guess women that just want to go out to have sex. You know, they call it. Uh, Hooking Benefit. up. <laughs> oh, benefits, Benefit. yeah, friends like, with benefits, right. That's not me. Right. That's okay, so you're wanting a genuine romantic relationship. And, and it is your question, um, what is your question? How to go about dating again? How, how to go about dating and finding, you know, because they, the therapist informed me that I've had two, two bad marriages with the, the abuse and not to get involved. It's very likely that I would get involved with another abuser. Yeah, it is very likely that your selection method is putting yourself down and trying to please the other person and staying with them without being able to hold your own, without being self-valuing. And you you need you need knowledge. And I I have written a book with another author called The Selfish Path to Romance. 
Okay. And it's how, it, it, in the word selfish doesn't mean what it sounds like. It doesn't mean that I'm going to teach you how to be a my way or a highway gal. It right. means that you're going to be able to value yourself, to maintain your self-esteem, your self-respect. You're going to be able to nurture yourself. And that's genuinely, in a very healthy way, concerned with your own self-interest, which is selfish. You're not hurting anybody. You never would hurt anybody else. But you're not going to let them hurt you. You're not going to be the doormat in life. And one of the first things we emphasize is when you when you meet a new person, number one, you need to have the right approach that, to that. You need to know what you value in yourself so that you don't find yourself saying to yourself, will he like me? Oh my God, am I good enough? Am I pleasing him? Am I doing what he wants? That's the wrong approach. Uh, when we go shopping for dresses, we don't go in and say, oh, will the dress like me? Right. We say, what? Well, well, I like the dress. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't look good on me, and, you know. And so when you're shopping... Exactly, 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 Sue. So when you're shopping for a, a lifetime partner or at least good companionship, you may decide not to marry. You may decide just to uh, uh, play it safe for a little while. Uh, but you need to know a person from all angles. You need to put on that dress or be with that new person and look at it in the mirror from every angle, the way we do when we try on a dress. You need to see that person under stressful situations, see how they handle a waiter who spills the mail on them or something. You need to see them when they're late for an appointment. You need to observe the person so that and constantly think about the responses that they're giving you. If they're nasty, if they've got a quick temper, but they're always nice to you, but they're nasty once to somebody else, that's a red flag, isn't it? Yeah, because they could be nice to you until you tie the knot, and then that that uh, nastiness, that sharpness, can be turned towards you very quickly. So it's how do we talk about how to engage your mind, and not just go by emotion, but to analyze what your emotions are, whether you're feeling angry, whether you're feeling put off, whether you're feeling invisible, and knowing what you want too is really important. And people vary in everything. You'll have different interests from the people you're dating, uh, different tastes, different values, different habits, uh, different attitudes towards uh, fitness, <laughs> what you like to do for leisure. So there are some things that are okay. You can trade off. Like there are things my own husband is interested in that don't interest me, and so be it. It doesn't affect our marriage. And the same, there are things I'm interested in. I like to go to theater maybe twice a year. He doesn't enjoy that. And, oh, my God, I, I love him so dearly that I don't care if he doesn't go to theater. That's, you know, that's a trade-off. But there are, mor right. there are moral things. If I felt invisible with my husband or if he felt invisible with me, we would need to go to counseling or we would need to have a long talk. We would need to figure out where did, where did the rupture occur in our relationship. And how to, is it repairable or not? So when you're meeting someone, we go, in, we go in detail in a book. Part three is all about finding your soulmate. Part two is making yourself lovable. Part one is talking about visibility, needing what is the essence of a romantic relationship. It's not just friends with benefits, as you're saying. So if that, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say it, it's so different from the first fourth to the second because I'm older. And um, my my ideas have changed, but I will say this, you know, it's so hard for me to come home to 
an empty house. That's yeah, th- my other thing. I raised his kids, my right. kids, my grandchildren. He's got a he's got a new wife, and I come home and it's like. Right. So the lovely thing, right, I know we're right at the end of the time, so let me sum it up with this. You want the the value of companionship, and you need to choose well. And the way to choose well is to be very thoughtful about it. And there are so many skills in my book, our book, that I highly recommend that. And it's on Amazon. So, listen, thank you so much for the call, and I wish you some wonderful romantic happiness. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye, Sue. I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget? I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.